Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the News for Jags podcast. I'm Jamal St. Cyr alongside Justin Barney. Justin, the Jaguars are finally back in Jacksonville, and this is a big one. Big one, man, and it uh, feels like they've been a, uh, just away from home for so long. Ten days in London. Big wins there. I think you saw that identity established 23-7 over the Falcons and then that amazing game 25-20 over the Bills. And time and again, we've said it this year, Jamal, I think this is a defensive first football team right now. The defense is playing through the roof, and we got a little bit of news about that defense, too. Uh, Devon Hamilton back at practice this week. Dewan Smoot talked to him in the locker room. He said he feels like he's 100%. This is his second week of practice. Looks like he might be on track to play this Man, weekend. So that news. would be – um, think about how this defense has been playing, and then if you get Smoot back on mm-hmm. the field, and then you get D. Ham back on the field. He said he wants to be back on the field before the bye week. But he understands that some things can happen. Uh, so if you get both of those guys back, you got to think the defense can oh, take even another step forward. Absolutely. And I think that, I mean, if you wind it back to training camp, who was the most impressive player in training camp on that defense? Devon, Devon Hamilton. Yeah. Not even a question. I mean, who was playing exceptional last year before that Achilles? Devon Smoot in reserve role. Biggest issue right now for this team, affecting the passer. They did that well the last two games. But the addition of Dewan Smoot. And Devon Hamilton, whenever that is, is going to just take this defense up. And you hope that that defense is still playing at that level when those both those guys get back, whether it's partial this week and then uh, a couple weeks from now the other partial comes back. But, man, hopefully those guys can get in there and make that defense click even more than it has. This defense has been phenomenal. Yeah, those guys have definitely played a big role. It's going to be exciting to see them get back out on this football field. I mean, Smoot. He's a, he's a guy who gets to the quarterback. He knows how to impact the passer, and D. Ham is just a load in the inside. I know um, during camp he was so impressive. Looked like a guy that, that was ready to push the pocket and impact the passer in some different ways. It'll be interesting to see how quickly uh, Devon can get back out on the field because, of course, he had that uh, injury that happened that was non-football related, and it impacted his back. He's been working his way back, um, and now good he's – able to get back out on the field. Jaguars have maintained, though, the defense has been through the roof. Defense has been phenomenal. Yeah. Absolutely phenomenal. When you add two important pieces, I love one Smoot. I thought before that injury last year, he'd have priced himself out of Jacksonville. I love the ability, the change, change up he is on a third down. Um, and then if you package that with a better Devon Hamilton, package that with a year older Trayvon Walker, I love the way this defense looks. This is the defense I wanted to see on the field in week one. Of course, it's probably going to take us to about week nine to see that full defense um, on the field, but I love it. Mike Caldwell, possibly a sleeper head coaching candidate in this offseason. These guys keep playing like this. And if that offense continues to take those incremental steps forward, this is a defensive football team right now, Jamal. And I think if that offense continues to take those little steps forward, get Zay Jones back, get a Walker Little back, 
the best is yet to come in the second half of the season. You know, it's funny that you mentioned the Mike Caldwell as the head coach thing because whenever we've talked about, oh, yeah, one of these Jaguars coordinators is going to be a head coach <laughs> soon, everybody just immediately went to press. Like, it's going to be press. Press Taylor is going to get a job. Yeah, we brother, talked about it last year. We yeah. talked about Mike Caldwell last we, year. We did. We, we talked did. about it a little bit, but we immediately, like, jumped off. Right. Like, press is Zach Taylor, the, the Cincinnati Bengals head coach's brother, and he's going to get a job soon in this Jaguars offense, and he's working with Trevor Lawrence. And then Mike Caldwell is just quietly, like, back here, kind of doing his thing, working around the defense. The defense just leads the league and or is, uh, is one of the leaders in takeaways a year ago. And now this year, they're, they've taken another step forward around his vision. He's going to the NFL owners' meetings twice in a row as a part of a, a program with the NFL, trying to prepare him and introduce him to some of the he's connections. He's going to be there. He's going to be there. I, I think you're right. I think, I think he's uh, going to be there. The only thing that's going to hold him back a little bit is that defensive coaches aren't really in vogue right now. Right. Everybody wants oh, yeah. that offensive head coach hot shot. So he's going to have a little bit of a struggle there. But if he keeps coaching um, and this defense keeps playing the way it, it is, he'll at least get some interviews. He I, will. I he'll get some snips. And we thought that last year was a possibility. And I think in, in, I, I would love to see something like this happen in the preseason. I can't remember what coach it was um, during the preseason, but he turned the, his head coaching job over to – was it a was it a Vrabel or somebody like that? Vrabel pre- did it. He, had, yeah. he turned a head coaching role over to an assistant coach or coordinator in the preseason, let him coach the game. I would love to see Doug Peterson do that next year, where you you give a Press Taylor a shot as a head coach in one game, or Mike Caldwell a shot in another game. I love that idea. I would love to see teams do like what uh, Mike Vrabel did. But I, I get everybody wants that new Sean McVay, and offense is the way it's going now. But I would love to see Mike Caldwell not this year, but I would love to see him get a crack in the future. You hope the best is yet to come for Mike Caldwell. You think it is. I mean, year two, it feels like he's got things figured out. Yeah. Yeah, look, speaking of best is yet to come, uh, I, I asked Evan Ingram today uh, in the locker room. I said, uh, do you think this offense has even scratched the surface on on just how good it can be? And he looked at me and just, look, we still got a lot of room to grow, man. Um, asked Roy Robertson Harris the same thing, and he said the same thing. Like, look, this team, he, I think Roy said, it's a short season, but it's not a short season. Or, or, no, we still got time, but at the same time, we don't have time, yeah. is what he said. Because that's basically what Doug Peterson has said. That's one of those things where, yeah, it's still early in the year, but it's not. Right. This team is scary enough in a, a, a good situation. Like, they haven't clicked. It hasn't been perfect. It hasn't been clean, but they're – they're getting the job done. You got to win some of those ugly games while mm-hmm. you kind of figure it out, and they've done that to the tune of a three and two record at this point. Um, and you you got to start. You start feeling better about the team when they're winning those ugly games, and you look at the offense. And Trevor Lawrence fumbled twice in the red zone, and you say, okay. That could have been more points there. And then you, you look at a drop pass here or a blown coverage there, and you start saying, huh, they're not playing their perfect football yet. And then you say, oh, Anton Harrison's just a rookie. Walker Little got hurt, so he's going to get healthier. Devon Hamilton's coming mm-hmm. back. Dewan Smoot's coming back. Devin Lloyd wasn't on the field in London, and he's coming back. And you start saying, huh, you know, Ledbetter and Gostas have sure been playing a lot of snaps. Let's move them back into rotational right. pieces. Does that make them a better player? Trayvon Walker basically doesn't come off the field. Mm-hmm. And you start saying, huh, I wonder if maybe part of his thing is they're leaning so heavy on him and he's tired. Uh, how could having a guy like a Smoot who can switch out with him help him? I love it. Improve? I mean, that's the one That's Dewan Smoot's absolute role, and I think it led better. His role is more like that Dewan Smoot role where you come in and you can give those guys 20 good hard reps a game. 
And again, you're not leaning on Trayvon Walker for 75 reps. I mean, you're you just you have the, the the ability to have some of those guys flex and and bend a little bit more. And I think that's the the book on Jacksonville early. And I I, I prefaced this the other night when we had till the show that I would be more concerned if we were seeing these problems at week seven, eight, nine, ten that we're seeing now because for one. Jacksonville's not played with a full offense all season long. I right. mean, you're you're talking, um, you know, walk, maybe maybe you play with a full offense for 11 snaps when you had Walker Little in the game uh, last week and uh, Cam Robinson at left tackle, um, Walker at left guard, and then Walker goes out with a knee injury, and then a little bit later Zay Jones goes out with that reaggravating that knee injury. So you've not seen the offense as a whole besides 11 snaps. Defense, you've not seen them nearly whole with Devon Hamilton and Dewan Smoot being out. Um, and then Devin Lloyd as well had been out in that mix. So you've not seen a full Jaguars team on the field, but maybe 11 snaps offensively. And then, oh, by the way, defense, we've still not seen that. So I would love to see this team as a complete portrait instead of kind of the sketch we've seen so far. I think we get it maybe towards that. After that bye week, we'll see this team at full strength, knock on wood. And and that's the key for this whole thing. Like I said it early in the year on one of these podcasts, and I said you, – you don't hand out a trophy for who's peaking in week one. Like the Cowboys, everybody felt great about them like two weeks <laughs> into the season. And now Dallas fans were like, Ugh, I don't know what's going on. And that's the thing. You don't want to peak in week one. Peaking in week one is great. You know, oh, you know, some teams do figure it out and they start rolling early. But that's not normally the team that wins the wins the Super right. Bowl. That's, that's not normally even a team that, that makes noise in the playoffs. It's that team, think about – the New York Giants, when they had that run with mm-hmm. Tom Coughlin leading right. the way, they got hot late, and they ran the table. Right. And that's where you want to play your best football. Teams need to play their best ball January. Right. They need to be playing their best ball December. <laughs> right now, you want to see, you want to move those pieces around. You want to try stuff. You want to try and work the kinks out now. By the time you get to next month, which is November, you need to start seeing a little bit more of a complete project. But you still you can still have some mistakes along the way. But by the end of December or end of November, you need to start getting yeah. to that point where you're clicking, where you're playing that best football, where there aren't those mistakes, there aren't those speed bumps, those roadblocks. Because by the time you get to December, those are important That's games. Absolutely. If you've done your job, and once you get to the playoffs, there's there's do or die. Yep. That's it. So you don't want to be. If they play their best football, they play their best game of the season in week three, what does that win you? Yeah, right. Nothing. You look at Jacksonville. I mean, look, you look no further than last year. I mean, they were playing their best football after London last year, and then just how that fell. Second half of the season, they got hot. Now, how would you play that early on in the season and then kind of t- just petered off in the second half of the season? They went and made the playoffs. You know, lost to Tennessee in that must-win game. So, again, you play the best and at the, the most crucial time, and I got a kick out of seeing this Mike McDaniel interview. Uh, after week four, you know, they put up 70 points or uh, week three, I, whenever it was, they put up Dolphins put up 70 points. And some reporter asked Mike McDaniel, you know, hey, heading your fourth week of the season, you're playing unbelievable. You're on pace for yada, yada, yada. And Mike said, yeah, our mission accomplished. Our goal was done during the offseason. Our goal was to, to lead the t- lead the NFL in yards and points per game through four weeks of the season. We're, right. we're done. We can check out now. No, coach. I mean, it was a great <laughs> facetious line and got a kick out of hearing that. But no, coach. It's, it's such a cliche. It's how, not how you start, how you finish. Yeah. Jacksonville bodied that last year. I just don't think we're going to see a full Jacksonville palette of colors until after that bye week in terms of health, in terms of guys getting back for them as injuries. Walker Little, Zay Jones, uh, offensive line uh, intact, and certainly on that defensive side of the ball. 
I'm going to look for that full palette after that bye week, and I'm excited about what's in store for them. And let's be serious. This is a team with the, with the sort of goals, the lofty goals, lofty expectations that they've set for themselves, that fans have set for them. You don't want to see the full picture until after the bye week. Yeah, You course. don't. You don't. If you see the full picture right now, then all of a sudden there's more chances for it to get messed up. Uh, it, it devalues. Like think about the the most val- a lot of the valuable paintings. They're one of a kind, right? You, so if you're gonna play one paint, you gonna play one game that's that perfect picture. I don't want it in week four. Right. I don't want week five. You know, right. you you want it in the Titans game to end the right. year where you got to punch your ticket in the playoffs. You want it in the Chargers game where you're already in the postseason. I don't want to see that perfect picture just yet. Right. So I think they're as scary as it is to say three and two, ain't the world sky's not falling and the Jaguars are actually in a really good space right now. Right, yeah. If, you're, if your high watermark of this year is 25-20 over the Bills in week five, that's a, that's a failure. It's a bad season. That's an abject failure. And you want to, again, you're not you're, – when you're looking at week 18 of the season – you're playing meaningful football like last year. Jaguars played a bad game against the Titans. They still won. Got a huge defensive play at the end of that game and won. And that was just kind of one example of playing your best ball, your gut check ball in the final portion of the season. Had Jacksonville, again, I just mentioned it. If you, if you start out and you have a run like that in your first 10 games of the season last year and then you just limp to the end and you lose six of your last seven, you're not making the playoffs. Doesn't matter how good you're playing at the end. So that inverse of how it needs to be. Start off a little slow. Mm-hmm. Pick things up. Refine things early in the season, work out your kinks, which they're doing. And, again, knock on wood, no injuries, but I, I cannot wait to see Jacksonville when it's full strength, when it's got Devon, when it's got Dewan Smoot, maybe to address the pass rush issues. And I cannot wait to see that team after the bye week, see how they're clicking, see how much this offense has grown up, see if Travis Etienne is, is finding some more holes and on pace for a 1,000-yard season, another one. Um, I'm excited to see where this team is after the adjustments of the bye. All right, one last note, and then we'll end it on the perfect picture kind of deal. Uh, remember the Titans last year started the season hot. Right. Fell off the uh, off the rails. They they ended up losing a bunch of games to end up the year. So, again, you don't want to peak early. I, I'd be willing to bet some of these early favorite kind of teams, there's going to be at least a few of them this year that missed the playoffs. Right. The Cowboys could be in that margin. Injuries are catching up to the Dolphins. Who knows what happens there? Uh, there are going to be a couple of these teams that had these fast starts to the year. Right. Everybody's excited about them, and then it all falls apart. All right, Jaguars this week, taking on the Indianapolis Colts. This is a this is an interesting game, uh, one that I, before the season I have marked this as an at an L. Right. Every time we went through the schedule, I said loss, 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 loss. And I wasn't budging on it. Fans were coming from my throat. Uh, they were like, the, the Colts haven't won in Jacksonville since Gus Bradley was here. They can't win here. And I'm like, look, after 10 days in London, it concerns me. Uh, and then, you know, you hate to see a guy get hurt. Anthony Richardson has been fun to watch. I have him on two of my fantasy football teams. Yeah. Uh, he's been phenomenal when he's played, but an injury caught up with him, and uh, he's not going to be playing this week. He's going to be out for uh, some time, so the Colts are going to have to turn the keys of their offense over to none other than yeah. Gardner love Minshew. I love it. I love you, yeah, Gardner <laughs> Minshew. How can you not like the guy? Uh, just unbelievable breath of fresh air when he was in Jacksonville as a rookie. Um, things did not end well for him here. Obviously, it led to the drafting of Trevor Lawrence. And, um, again, no hard feelings for Gardner. He was so so exciting to have in town. But he comes here in a different position. Um, he's been thrust into that limelight in, in the starting role with the injury to Anthony Richardson. I don't think he can beat this Jacksonville team. I think he is what he is. He's an excellent backup quarterback. I just don't think right now, with how well Jacksonville's defense is playing, it's a great storyline. Yeah. But it's not 
going to be a win for the Colts. Can we go into into Gartner's tenure here in Jacksonville before? We oh, get I loved it. it. I loved it. I mean, in 2019, I mean, I remember 2019 was my first football season here, and I remember one of the first live shots I did with Channel Four was standing out waiting for players uh, arriving for training camp. And I didn't know the whole team by the face at that point. I was identifying guys here or there, trying to guess who different players were. And I remember this guy walks up with a headband on, mustache, and these short jean shorts. And I'm just thinking in my head, there's no way this is a player. Uh, this can't be one of the players. Uh, he's just some guy, some weird guy. He walks into the building, and I'm like, and later on, go to find out. None other than Gardner Minshew. So, uh, it, and I remember, uh, this gets deeper for me anyway. So, on, on the sideline, first game, home game against the Chiefs, and I'm standing in the end zone shooting the game on video for us, and oh. Nick Foles drops it, and I'm in the corner of the end zone. DJ charts like two feet from me. I followed the whole thing on the camera. I'm like, I got it. That's the first one. We're going to play this over and over on loop. This is perfect. Had no idea Nick Foles had broken his collarbone, and I'm like, what happened? Wait, why is this other? guy in that quarterback what's going on uh yeah so then that starts the Gardner Minshew experiment which I'll tell you look I've never seen a backup quarterback in the NFL have these type of fanfare that Gardner Minshew had like other backup quarterbacks get some popularity if they start winning games but not you know Gardner Minshew day with yeah. headbands mustaches people wearing him on socks and jerseys it just doesn't happen yeah, I mean the NFL came here and shot a promo for with him for Thursday night football game remember that mm-hmm. Uncle Rico and I mean that was such a good storyline this is not a high draft pick guy six round draft pick and he comes he takes the country by storm he's on national promos it was so exciting to have that yeah he was just a genuine kind of funny guy we had him on the mark Burnell show that one night yep. and he cut jorts for fans i mean how, how do you not like that he embodied jacksonville uh, a lot of the fan base here could really relate to the the mullet and the the the, tr- the van he got in the rv that he did a summer tour in and just kind of that aw shucks uh attitude uh, he and gary smith of the times union had a little back and forth uh, where Gary mistakenly called him a uh, uh, Garner, I think, one time. And throughout press conferences through Gardner's ten- tenure here, he had always referred to Gary Smith as some other first name, Larry, Jerry, Barry. Mm-hmm. And it was so good. I mean, you never see that uh, interaction now. I mean, those those Gardner Minshew moments will live forever. Good, good to see. You cannot help but root for Gardner. So the hype was very high in 2019, 2020. And he was, uh, I guess he was supposed to be handed over to the keys to the offense. A little bit of a different journey. I remember the hype was there. People were like, Gardner's going to lead the team. Here we go. I remember even talking to like his trainer during the offseason just about the Gardner Minshew hype. Um, All right, season starts. He plays against the Colts in Mm -hmm. Jacksonville. And he goes out there, and I think he had like one incompletion that day. Like that was the peak. And it just so happened like the Jaguars were the only team in Florida that won a game, spawning the internet to say like Minshew was the best quarterback in the state. Keep in mind, Tom Brady was right up the road (laughs) in Tampa. Uh, But, you know, that was fun. And what happened was that was the high watermark. And the reason I wanted to circle back to this season was, do you almost think, like, because Gar- so Gartner had an injury, he hurt his thumb, but he didn't tell the team immediately. Mm-hmm. He played through it and had some fumbles, some mess-ups along the way that ultimately put him in Doug Marone's doghouse. So then we ended up seeing everybody but right. Gardner start starting games. Mike Glennon, <laughs> Jake Luton, oh. who was in – I think he was like a sixth-round pick, rookie, right. a draft pick. Like, they were starting anybody but Minshew. Um, 
I guess earlier this week, Andrew Wingard said Gardner was, he felt like Gardner was run out of town during an interview in the locker room. Do you feel like they ran Gardner out of town with the way they they handled the thumb injury? Because like I get yeah. it, I get a coach being upset if you don't tell me you're hurt. Right? Like, yeah, I get I, maybe a little bit. I mean, he I think he would have been an excellent backup uh, to Trevor Lawrence. Um, and you know, Urban Meyer got here and mistakenly referred to this as an open quarterback competition. I mean, come on, there was never a competition between those guys ever. One of the, fir- the first of many missteps for Urban in his tenure. I, I think Gardner probably got a little bit of a bad rap, um, a little hangover of the 1-15 in season, a little hangover of the coaching staff, uh, kind of not going back to him after he concealed that injury. I think it would have been great to hang on to him and, and keep him as a, as a backup quarterback. But I think from Gardner's perspective, it was probably – uh, the ship had sailed in a sense, and, and his time here had run its course, and he wanted a chance to be able to start. He'd started in Jacksonville in one games, um, but I would have loved to have seen Minshew here for another year. Well, now he is with the Indianapolis Colts, so he's going to be on the other sideline this this week. I keep asking everybody, do you think he's going to get cheered or booed? Um, and it, I, th- I think most people do still like Gardner. Yeah. I mean, he was he was so fun. I remember all the stories coming out, like Leonard Fournette talking about. The, he was like, yeah, in the locker room, Gardner just starts stretching in nothing but a jock strap in the middle of the locker room. I'm like, okay. And, you know, Gardner telling his stories from college about trying to break his hand. Like, he's a he's an interesting yes. story, just a crazy story. And, it, um, I mean, every athlete now is so robotic and programmed and sanitized and how they respond. He's different. Gardner was not like that. He was an open book and – uh, just so you know, in, a, in the birthplace of Leonard Skinner and Limp Biscuit and, and musical acts like that, Gardner Minshew fit in town perfectly uh, for a lot of this environment. I think he's gonna be extremely well uh, well respected and, and revered on Sunday. So when the Jaguars first traded Gardner Minshew away, the first thing I said was, "One day this guy's gonna come back to Jacksonville and beat this team and, for his revenge." And psychologically, you thought that could happen this year because you've been on. <laughs> This week was a trap. I have, I have, I had been on this week as the trap game. Um, I'm still, I still think that this three game swing where they go, they come back from London after being there for the two games. They play the Colts. Then you got a Thursday night game immediately right. behind it against the Saints, and then you go to Pittsburgh. This three game swing can tell you a lot about where this team is. What would um, you be happy? To get out of the three-game swing. I mean, with. you're happy to get 3-0, and oh, right? But realistically, but, what what do you think happens in this stretch? Realistically, give me 2-1. and one. Okay. Realistically, 2-1. and one. I think the biggest one that was a concern for me was this week. Right. Uh, with Gardner Minshew starting and Anthony Richardson out, I'm, I am much less concerned. I am now on this game as a win. I think that the Jaguars are going to roll out after Sunday with a 4-2 and two record sole uh, sole. Possession of first place in the AFC South. But then you got to immediately turn around and you got that Saints game. Um, Saints have a good defense. Mm-hmm. And their offense is a little shaky at times. Uh, I think they blew up last week against the Patriots, but the week before that they were terrible. Uh, the question is, uh, Derek Carr had been dealing with the same injury. Right. It's now sidelining Anthony Richardson, an AC joint injury. Is Where is his shoulder at? Is he healthy? I don't know. So it does does the short week hurt him? Because that shoulder injury takes a whole week to to kind of get loosened up and recover. Mm-hmm. That's a possibility. If that shoulder injury plays a fat plays a role, I think they can win that game. But going to Pittsburgh is always a tough thing, even if the Jaguars have owned them there. Right. Um, but we'll see. We'll take this week by week with them. I think. Uh, but I think this three game stretch can tell you a whole lot about this. Yeah, team. and I'm still sticking to my guns. I say six and four. I thought they were going to lose that Bills game, um, so maybe even a game ahead at seven and three. But I think after ten games, after going into after week eleven, 
after that bye week and everything, I still think they're six and four, and I think that'd be a pretty good, pretty good mark. That six and four you can live with, especially as they go into that home stretch. But that's where things are going to start getting tougher. Uh, there are some tough games right there that we're going to have to start looking ahead to, uh, especially as we creep closer into that mm-hmm. bye week. But uh, let's stick on this one. So Gardner Minshew, I think we'll all agree that look, he, he Gardner Minshew is fun. Uh, Mike Caldwell said he had moxie, right? Um, moxie. Which I, I I get it. I like it. That's um, a, that's the term where you're not exactly a superstar, but you're a guy that's a little bit above kind of the grinder or the the you know what's the other the, word that they use? Crafty. Crafty. You're, you're crafty. a little you're a little ahead of the crafty and a little below the all star kind of thing. So yeah. moxie is the step up from the the dreaded uh that dreaded comment yeah. there. Uh, so I I think Gardner's good. I think he'll be fine, but I don't think he should beat the Jaguars. Um, so the Jags should win this game. But the guy I'm more concerned with, Jonathan Taylor. JT, uh, he came back. He signed an extension with the team. Didn't play a whole lot last week. They still were leaning on Zach Moss. But you got to feel like they just paid this dude. They ain't leaving the training wheels on and rolling with Zach Moss right. that much longer. And Jonathan Taylor can run the ball. Yeah, he was on a historic rushing pace in the first half against the Jaguars a couple years ago. Up in Indy, and I mean, he just got forty-two million and uh, patched things up with the Colts organization that he swore never to play for again. So they're going to take the training wheels off, and maybe it's this week against Jacksonville. You cannot, I mean, unless you're the Colts, you want to ease him back in um, with him having not really played a ton through the first five weeks. Maybe you, maybe you take the training wheels off a little bit more this week um, and see. But Zach Moss has been doing well for him. He definitely has. All right, uh, before we get to the picks and, and start wrapping this thing up, Jonathan Taylor, you mentioned the contract that he just signed with the Colts. Travis Etienne has been on pace to have another big year for the Jaguars. At some point, you have to start uh, making those decisions because this is year three in a contract. Right. They do have a fifth-year option, so technically he is guaranteed to be here. Well, not guaranteed, but one more year is year four than the team has the option. So he's probably here for five years. So, uh, uh, do, do you start thinking about, oh, the groundwork is there for this guy, or – is tank the replacement already in no, house? I, you've got ETN uh. has been dynamic. Um, I, I think I mean the the franchise tag has got to be low at that point for a running back. Do you franchise him? I mean you 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 obviously you pick up a fifth year option on him, um, and then maybe after that, I mean you you long term him or the franchise tag. That's I, the question because people aren't paying running backs, but Travis is on pace to where he should be in the conversation right. to be a higher paid running back. When it's time in a couple of years, so that's why I, that's why I thought this was an interesting conundrum because uh, Travis has been phenomenal and we've had the whole conversation. But up until then, we only had one year. Right now, he's off to this pace where I mean, yards from scrimmage, he's number he's in second place right. in the NFL. So right. he's been fantastic. Do you, you have to start thinking? Oh man, this Jaguars the running back question is coming to Jacksonville right. for this guy. And that Jonathan Taylor contract could end up being the framework, or we could end up in a contract battle. Um, but the question is, do you think running backs are worth it is going to be part of it, and can you replace what you can get from him, which is tough to say because Travis has been fantastic. He's been awesome. I remember asking uh, Bernie Parmalee in, in training camp about that situation. I can't remember. I think it was Saquon or somebody at the time had just signed a, a, you know, a decent running back deal, and how about the position? You know about the position being devalued, and Bernie said, "Hey, Travis puts in the work just like anybody else. He should get paid. It's unfortunate what's happened to the, to the running back position in terms of the market, but these guys absolutely deserve to get paid. And he wanted to see Travis get paid here. And I think 
Travis is central to a lot of what Jacksonville does. Tank Bigsby's not that guy yet. Um, as long as Trevor's here, I hope Travis is here. I think they're a perfect uh, complement to one another. you got the Clemson connection. And you got to remember, though, Travis is one year behind Trevor in terms of that on-field production. This is Trevor's third year in the system and actually producing Travis missed his whole rookie year. Mm-hmm. But you got to think that they're going to sign Trevor long-term and then you got that fifth-year option with Travis or the franchise tag. I think you've got to, if he continues to play like this, You've got to bring it back. Doesn't matter the money. The hard part's going to be this team's going to be cap squeezed because they have a lot of young players that are going to be due right. to theirs. I mean, Andre Sisco looks like he's going to be a top paid safety. Uh, Tyson Campbell's going to be up. Yep. Uh, you know, Tyson's this year too. Yeah. He's only four year deal. But all that money right. starts starts adding up. Um, so that that's going to be a big part of it. No. Is Tyson this year? No, Even he's, he's next year. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, you're talking. You could yeah, potentially yeah. sign him this year. Yeah. So there, there, there's going to be guys that are coming due that they're going to have to start figuring out, and you can't re-sign everybody. You just can't. All right. So here's your uh, really quick question uh, before we go to the picks. Tank Bixby going into train or coming out of training camp. I think we were a little bit higher on right. him as the possible. Oh man, there's some pressure behind Travis. Do you still think Tank? is the guy who could be uh, replacing Travis if they opt to not pay him one day. I don't know. Dip, totally, totally different back. I haven't seen it yet from Tank Bigsby. Granted, his NFL career is five games old at this point. He was in the doghouse maybe for one game. Um, yeah, I, I just haven't seen it yet out of Tank. Does not mean that he will not get there. But Travis is just so different, man. He gives you that bend around the edge, he, the ability to break it and, and go long. I mean, Tank is more that guy, that missing ingredient, which they – sorely missed last year if they got rid of James Robinson, the ability to go straight ahead. I, Tank is not there yet. I uh, don't know if he's going to ever be a Travis replacement just because what Travis offers and the, the skill set he offers, but um, not giving up on him yet. I was higher on him coming out of camp because he was, to me, that missing spark out of that backfield, that fourth and one play. He could go get you four yards, but I just haven't seen it yet. Yeah, we're gonna we'll we'll put a pause on on answering exactly what Tank is until we get a, a chance to really see what he can do because as of yet, uh, it's been spot yeah, in, here incomplete, there. incomplete. It's, a, it's grade. definitely an incomplete grade there. All right, I already said that I think the Jaguars are gonna beat the Colts. I think you're gonna agree with me there. Yeah, I'm gonna. I never. I I, I could see your logic on this coming back from London and it being a trap game, but I think. The way the defense is playing, I didn't look at this one as a loss originally. Um, I know we differed on that, but the Colts just have not played well in Jacksonville, and I don't see them playing as well enough now with Gardner Minshew to overcome what has been an exceptional Jaguars defense. Really, it seemed like they found their identity over there in London. Jaguars all the way in this one. I think it's uh, maybe a 27-20 game. All right, and one last thing that we kind of started doing, who do you think is the player that makes the difference? It can be an offensive or a defensive guy for the Jags. I'm going to say, and I, I've gone to him a bunch this year. Evan's been my kind of my guy to go to. He doesn't have a touchdown catch yet, but I'm going to go. I'm going to switch things up. I'm going to go defensive side of the ball. I'm going to say Darius Williams. He's had such a good time in London. Um, uh, Gardner's going to be scrambling around trying to make some plays. I think he catches maybe a stray, uh, a stray pick with Gardner trying to get it away. I love it. Evan. I think he's going to get a touchdown catch this game, but I th- I'm going to say Darius continues to build off his – Excellent London performance. Okay, okay, that's a good one. Darius definitely came up big. Two big interceptions. Two big ones uh, there in London. Um, I'm gonna go. I'll go offense. So now I'm now I'm trying to thinking about this now. So I'm gonna go offense here. I think this is another Calvin Ridley day. Okay. Uh, he had the big day week one, then kind of fell off a little bit. Had a big day against the Bills. I think this is another Ridley day. I think 
my belief is that him and Trevor are getting on the same page now. Yeah, you and, saw with that catch, man, that third down catch up right. there. Whew. And and that's not the one that made me say he's getting on the same page with him. That one, I mean, I'm, they identified it. They saw it. You could hear him talking about it. But early, there were a couple of third down throws where he went to Calvin, and those throws, like Calvin wasn't open. He, he just threw it, and, and he mm. threw it right where it needed to be, and then Calvin makes the move and gets it. I mean, I was looking at the next-gen stats during the game, and at one point, Calvin had, like, 80 yards receiving and zero yards of separation. That's crazy. So, like, he, it, he made a couple of catches where he had some space that then made the number grow, but, uh, he, yeah, he was – Trevor was just throwing him the ball. He was like, I'm, I, you're, he's tightly covered, but my guy's going to go make a play, and Calvin was. So I think this is going to be another Calvin Ridley week, and I think this is the – last week was the start just the start of what you're really going to start seeing from Trevor. I'd love Calvin. it. I, to me, I think Zay Jones is is such a vital piece of that offense Huge. because is it allows Calvin to be Calvin, allows Christian to be Christian, and Zay is just that guy. I mean, he's 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 better than Marvin Jones. Where he, I mean, he catches the end zone have been fantastic, but he unlocks the ability of the other two players and allows that Jacksonville offense to really thrive. I mean, Calvin can be that number true number one. Um, and Zay, I, I would hate to think he's out any extended period of time uh, because he just makes that offense go. And it, uh, it allows Christian to be that slot guy. He thrives in there. It allows Calvin to be a guy like we've seen the last two weeks mm-hmm. where he's been able to make those catches and been in that zone with Trevor. So I really hope Zay is, is able to get back on the field. He's so vital to that offense. Zay is a big part of what they do offensively and sometimes maybe doesn't get the credit that he deserves. We'll see how long he's sidelined. Hopefully he's back on the field sooner rather than later. Uh, That'll do it for us here on the News for Jacks podcast. Thanks for hanging out with us, and we'll see you next time.